0: What's good? What's good? What's good? How you guys doing this morning? This is your coffee and sports empire sports in the morning. Here, started with you, none other, this handsome young man right here, Coach Dante, and I got to the right of me my co-host who is always here early in the morning, uh, Mo Beta, and I got to to the bottom down here who always teaches Freddie a lesson. That's why my- <laughs> I don't think I'm good, Gene. I now be a boy Gene on purpose, but other than that, we got the myth we got Fred, we got uh Gene. We got my boy Gene from Wire to Wire Sports. How you doing, my brother?
1: I feel great. I feel great. Woke up. i got my coffee, <laughs> coffee. for Empire Network. Oh, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Freddie, I teach you. I teach you lessons very often. <laughs> <laughs> very often. What
0: oh, on pretty man. fiction with him? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. I had to throw that in. I had to throw that in. I had to throw that in on him, man. I had to uh get some stuff started, man. Y'all, it's all to be happy, man. We got free agency coming up, man. We do got free agency coming up. A lot of moves gonna be made. We had a deal yesterday came in play. Uh, it was talked about earlier yesterday, man. The Rockets were interesting. Glad the Rockets got off that move right now. Quick, fast in a hurry. Glad they, they didn't need you know, part of this guy, uh, but other than that, we got the uh, sixty million dollar signing, uh, Nikola Vucevic. It was uh, argued that he was gonna leave, gonna leave Chicago. He was gonna leave Chicago. Uh, Houston is interested in a lot of guys, and I am glad he's fine. Bulls finally paid him what he need. he needs to stay out. Uh, he's a nine, but he is a nineteen and ten guy. He's an eighteen and ten guy. He's pretty good. Doesn't play defense at all. Offensively, he's pretty good. He shoots the ball very well. I am gonna start with you, Gene. Um, how you feel about the move? Uh for the Bulls re-signing Nikola Vucevic back.
1: I got to preface this by saying I think that the elite NBA players get paid what they des- are deserved. Like, I understand LeBron James, Steph Curry, a lot of these elite NBA talents are getting a lot of money for a reason. I will say this, though. The NBA has become the most overpaid league. If Nikolai Vucevic is commanding $60 million over three years, I don't know what to tell you. You're talking about a center that's a big body that can rebound, that can put back, uh, put back layups, but play zero defense whatsoever. Cla does not control the lane at all. No, he's not worth sixty million dollars. Uh, the Chicago Bulls didn't make the playoffs with Zach Levine, Demar DeRozan, and a sixty million dollar center. Sorry, I just they're not good, and I don't think Vucevic is worth sixty million. Uh, to me, I would much rather have Al Horford. And that sounds terrible. <laughs> he all plays defense, right? Yeah, he does, yep. I, I think it's it's laughable how how – I'm amazed at, like, a guy like Nikola Vucevic gets $65 million, million million a year, and he's getting paid almost the same as, like, a Ronald Acuna Jr. And I, I, I know <laughs> – it's like, just compare yeah. these two. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mo.
2: I just think the Bulls, they were bidding against themselves. They, they had to bring back some kind of product. But what is their plan? DeRozan is 33, still a talented player, but he's 33. Zach Levine is inconsistent in and out the lineup. And we all know, look, Vucevic is one of the most skilled centers in the league, but you don't get consistent production from him night in and night out. And he does not compete defensively. I don't know what Chicago's plan is. Like Gene said, DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic. I'm not saying that's a big three, but that alone, that core, that should get you into the playoffs. If you're, if you're, in, if anything, that should get you into the playoffs. Never mind. Let's not. You know, we don't have to fantasize about them competing for the title. But at a minimum, and if you're going to pay Nick Vucevic sixty million, as if this coming season they're expecting bigger and better things from him. It's not going to happen. He will get his usual 18 and 10. The Bulls will be a mediocre team, probably competing for a play-in spot. There is no plan there. uh, We already know the history with Lonzo Ball. May or may not come back. We know he's gone for sure this season. I just don't see the vision. To me, a lot of teams talk about a restart. I think the Bulls need a restart more than anybody in the league. Like This team is going nowhere. I, I like DeRozan. I like Levine, but a lot like Dame Lillard, neither one of those guys can be the best player on a title contending team. So I just yeah. think they're in their wills.
0: It is laughable uh, to me when you do have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine It's two all-stars, but you only can make it into a playing tournament at best in the Eastern Conference at the bottom of the East when the bottom of the East is nowhere near as good as good. <laughs> I just find that laughable. Then you make this move. Uh, I don't know what this move is about. I don't know if they trying to stay relevant, trying to stay competitive, but you wasn't even competitive at the bottom. You wasn't even competitive even in the Eastern Conference. You was rarely even competitive. You were, they weren't nowhere near close to the, uh, to the um, of Milwaukee Bucks. They weren't even close to the 76ers. They were nowhere near close to the Boston Celtics. Every team, every great team they played, they got smacked, smacked by more than 20 points. or so I had bets 20 points or more.
2: Coach, let me ask you a question
0: real quick. Go ahead.
2: If they beat Miami and they're the ones in the playoffs, don't you think everything completely changes? i don't if think they, they, i don't
0: I, I don't i don't think they beat i don't be, think they beat milwaukee i actually okay, well milwaukee. that's
2: my point i mean that that, that, that it, it flips everything they're not yeah. going on the run that Miami. yeah it completely flips the east
1: go ahead jane no no i agree with him I, yeah. that's not a. i don't really have anything to add to that i think that i control's got a good point uh it says yeah Cole is a good player he's worth the money in comparison but Definitely not with the Bulls. The Bulls run their team off of insanity. Keep running the same guys out, and they're expecting to win that way. It's not working. They should have moved on. Yeah. Um, I just don't think players of that caliber are worth sixty million dollars. Now, I, I get it. That's what the salary cap is. That's what the market and the NBA negotiated the best agreement ever. I don't. It's a players' league, and it's a hundred percent. It's owned by them. That's they're they're dominating. The revenue share, but um, I just when I see contracts like this, I have to shake my head.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely got you. Uh, so we go to the uh to the next. Yeah, it's time to blow the bulls up. You ain't lying about that. For you. it's time to blow the goddamn bulls up. So you got Eric Gordon is now a free agent. He's not guaranteed that twenty one mil that the uh, Clippers are gave or, uh Clippers are giving to him. He's not guaranteed that. So for he's now a free agent. Start with you, Mo. What's a good fit for Eric Gordon out there in the phrase block?
2: He's a good veteran player. I mean, I I think he can fit on most rotations. At at this point in his career, you're looking at a guy that's going to play maybe 25 minutes a night. He can stretch the court. Um, Solid defender. I I think Eric Gordon is one of those kind of guys that can literally fit in any roster. So I think that there will be a lot of contenders um, giving him calls. And look, he won't come at a high price. He's probably going to get, what, the, the veteran minimum maybe an exception at most. So I I think he's going to get a lot of interest from contending teams.
1: All right. Gene. I I agree with Mo completely. I think that Eric Gordon walking into a situation that'll be for a contender. He'll probably be a sixth man off the bench, instant offense, that Jamal Crawford, that Lou Williams, but he adds an element of defense also. He's gonna be, he's gonna walk into a contender and be a Bruce Bowen like piece.
0: I agree. Uh, Gene, would you would you want him on the 76ers? Yes, I, okay. I, I, I would, I, I, that's not the troll. That's not the troll. That dude oh, no, 100%. That dude, I would, he's better than anybody on that bench, right? As of right now, on the sixth bench, right now, he's better than anybody on that bench. That's right. not, I'm not doing that troll. I'm for real. I'm being honest. Eric Gordon will be will be good coming off the bench. That man still can get you, give you 15 points a game. That dude still can give
2: you 15. I would like that fit for the Sixers, especially no. in a closing lineup when you got him and Tucker um, on the defensive and getting after people. I like that closing lineup.
0: Yep. So you got some money going to be passed out in this free agency, and my rock is trying to be one of them. Fred Van Vliet is set to make a two-year $80 million deal. Gene, I'm going to come down to you.
1: Uh, We said this in the offseason for the NFL. uh, The Jaguars had to overpay Christian Kirk. The Rockets have been a franchise that hasn't won for years, and you have to overpay free agents to come there right now. I actually, I argued with Cottrell and Bill about this last night because, yeah, the money is is high, but I think Fred Van Vliet is the adult in the room. We were talking about last night, like who's going to run point guard for the Rockets next year if it's not Van Vliet? You're going to throw Kevin Porter Jr. out there? Like, what are we doing at that point?
0: Kevin Porter um, Jr. is a combo guard, Yeah.
1: And, and that's my you point. Like that I, I need an adult to run the offense. I agree with you. I agree with you. I need an adult to run the offense. And if I got to pay Fred VanVleet a lot of money for two years before I have to pay any of my young superstars money, then that's what I'll do. I don't think that's a, a bad signing at all. I think that's I, I think it's great. I think it helps those young guys develop. And I think Fred is a very uh, professional NBA player. That's going to help a lot of those young kids mature into the into the league.
0: I agree with you. I'm on. I'm on. I'm 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 on the train. I'm on the train with you. I, I definitely agree with you. Dude is no slouch, man. The dude averaged for the last three seasons twenty points per game, and he gives you seven assists. So he's not just a guard that can come in there and score. He's also a guard that won a championship, and he's right now will be the veteran leader or part of this team. And not only him is going to come, I believe. Someone else is gonna come right behind them. let just see. What matter? It's just a matter of see. We gonna see who it is. But definitely agree. Uh, Mo, go ahead.
2: I think he's a great fit for the Rockets. I think he'll be a good extension for Yudoka. He's a he's a it's shot maker. I think he's underrated as a defender. He'll be a leader in the locker room and on the court. For the money, I don't even think you worry about the money. I'm just talking about what you're gonna get on the court and the impact he's gonna have on those young players. Like when I look at the. Rockets roster it it's as young as any college team so I agree with Gene you you need somebody in there that the guys can follow you need a leader not just your coach but a leader on the court and in the locker room so I love it And, and look Van Fleet's not like an old man he's a leader but he's still just hitting his prime so I think it's a great signing if it actually happens
0: yep yep uh, so oh, oh, but I forgot to tell Gene you said no Lakers talk. We are talking about the Lakers, but it's about a certain player, it's not about the, the team as a whole. I read I read, I read, I read the uh, <laughs> I read it. yeah, it's not about the it. it is, but we it is a Laker a part of the uh discussion. So we got uh, didn't read it. we got uh, Bridges, we got Miles Bridges coming back. The uh, Hornets offered him a qualifying extension. Uh, Gene, I'm gonna start with you for the Hornets Do you think Miles Bridges should move on? or or take the qualifying extension that the Hornets giving him.
1: This is going to sound really
0: disrespectful.
1: I do not care. Yeah, okay. Like, I don't – with Miles Bridges, to me, he can move on to a team or he can stay on Charlotte. I don't think he's good enough to be, like, a a good piece on a a championship-caliber team. I think with Charlotte, at least he can continue to develop and become a better player. You have a young core around there. Yeah, why not stay with Charlotte? Get the money that you can get. But I, I don't care. I don't think he's relevant enough for me to care. I think the argument before the draft was the Mikell or, or Miles Bridges, who was the best Bridges that was coming out. I think Mikell has answered that question for you guys.
2: Go ahead,
0: go ahead, Mo.
2: I just don't know if he impacts winning. He's he's put up numbers on a team that's been really bad, but I don't know how good he actually is. Um, I'm, I'm with Gene in the sense that if they lose him, they'll be a bad team. If they keep him, they'll be a bad team. I don't think he impacts winning. <laughs> I, I think if he's on a really good team with high expectations he better be your third or fourth best player because if you got him up there higher than that you're not going to be a very good team I, I i i look at him as he's a saner version of michael beasley you know what i mean like like yeah. you know there's talent there but not the kind of talent you can build around
0: yeah I definitely agree with Cochero. Uh, watch a mad Thompson man that dude is gonna be solid in the upcoming years uh for the Rockets that dude gonna be nice dude gonna be a nice player. So this is uh when we get to the Laker talk. This is when we get to the Laker talk right here. So we got if Kobe was in if Kobe Bryant returned to the NBA tomorrow, would he be the best player in the league if he returned to the NBA tomorrow? Mo. I'm gonna start this off with you mo.
2: no, um, but he'd be great. He'd be terrific. He'd, he'd look his skill set, his competitive nature. It's not like Kobe didn't play in this era. He just he played more on the back end of it. But I think Kobe would be terrific. The best player? I don't think he'd be the best player. Um, are we assuming that if he was in this era, he's on the Lakers and he's playing with I don't know Gasol and Odom and all those guys, or it's just him in this era on any team? Because I think that does matter. I would just say that I don't think he'd be the best player. I think he'd be one of the best players. There's no doubt about it. But the best player, I don't think so.
1: Go ahead, G. Are oh, you a Lakers fan? Yeah. I'm a Lakers fan. You didn't know that? <laughs> didn't know that? I'm going to tell you something right now. love Kobe. Kobe Bean Bryant would be the best player in the NBA right now, and it wouldn't be close. And it wouldn't be close. Giannis, Jokic, any of them. Kobe Bean Bryant would walk into the NBA today with that. Y'all, I don't know if y'all can see it behind me, with that Mamba mentality and and be the best player in the NBA. Prime Kobe in this NBA? Are y'all for real? There's no way he'd be the best. He would be multiple-time MVP in this league. Prime Kobe, best player by far in this league.
2: Uh, I think he'd be really good.
1: Who would be better than him in this league right now? Well, who would he be better than? Everyone. Well, I I well, gave you the whole spectrum.
2: So, so, so just in general, on any team, Kobe would be the best player in the league. If he if you threw him in on Charlotte, he'd be the best player in the league.
1: Yes, he'd be the best player in the league. I, I don't care he, where you I put think
2: him. He, I think he would put up numbers, and and Charlotte would still lose. Kobe's a great player, but like I said, he did play in this era, part of it. So it's not like he didn't taste. And it. he was the best player. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't think that. I don't think he was the best player. He I, I remember, so, here's no. the thing. There are Kobe fans and there are Laker fans. I'm an actual Laker fan. I love Kobe. Appreciate everything he's done for the franchise. Nobody's going to debate that he's a top 10 player. I agree with all, all those things. I don't think he'd be the best player today's NBA.
1: And, and I'm asking, who would you say would be better than him?
2: I don't think I, th- I would have him ahead of Giannis. He's more skilled, but I wouldn't have him ahead of Giannis. I wouldn't put him ahead of Giannis. I
1: wouldn't.
2: Uh. I, matter of fact, I wouldn't have him ahead of Giannis. I wouldn't have him ahead of Joker. I mean, after that, you can flip a coin, but I wouldn't put him ahead of either one of them.
1: Kobe affects the game on multiple fronts. A lot of people forget how good of a defender Kobe Bryant was. He'd man up players. Uh, he, The competitor he was. Yeah, I, I, I never, listen, the Lou Williams story to me is one of the, my favorite stories ever. They were uh, in a game. They got blown out. He went into the locker room. He goes, there's not another time that we walk down that court and I don't touch the ball. You're going to learn what it's like to play with Kobe being Bryant. Kobe Bryant would be the best player in the league, and I don't think it would be very close. I think Giannis still has a lot of developing to his game. I think Jokic is a but center. that's the
2: amazing thing. Giannis, you're right. Giannis has more holes in his game than most superstars I know. And still, with all those holes – I wouldn't take Kobe over Giannis.
1: Okay. And I would. I would take Kobe I,
2: and I respect a hundred
1: times out of a
0: hundred. Oh, y'all, yeah. y'all have made Freddy pop in on, on pop in right here. Fred, what you
3: want, man? Mo, you are you disappointed me, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be down. Kobe, you
1: got, you got
3: Gene. You got Gene on here defending a Laker. <laughs> Hold the fort down, brother. Hold it down. Hold the mantle down. I'm not saying Kobe's not great. No, but to say that Giannis would be better than Kobe, that's crazy. That, that's, you're, that's I think classic. you're confusing
2: you're confused two things. I'm not talking about skill. I'm just literally talking about the impact. Look, Giannis is not the most skilled player in today's basketball. You could put five, maybe eight guys ahead of him. And yet still, with that said, he's one of the two, three most dominant players in basketball. So i am I understand the Kobe thing. I'm just not taking them. They, I, we're not here to agree on every every topic, so...
3: Uh-oh. I, I love a question? I love Kobe, Mo, but I don't love him blindly. Mo, can I ask you a question? Who in the NBA can match Kobe's Mamba mentality? Like, who has that Jesus, same Mamba mentality again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right I, I, heard I, you heard my
2: argument. I, I want like, to argue on behalf of Mo. You're, you're killing me with the Mamba mentality. I mean, I... I think it's great that the second half of his career, Kobe invented a thing for himself, gave himself a nickname. That's great, but you're killing me with the mama mentality.
3: How <laughs> am I killing you with that? I mean, that's a that's a real deal, bro.
2: It is great, it is great to have the mama mentality, but but without another star, you can't win, right? Like he had the mama mentality before that's Paul everybody DeS- mo before that's Paul everybody. DeSar- came into his life, he had the mama mentality, but he wasn't winning. You need I'll tell to you what, if you take – Everybody needs somebody else, even Kobe with all that Mamba mentality.
1: If you took uh, Giannis off of the Bucks and replaced him with prime Kobe, the, the Bucks would be one of the best dynasties you've ever seen in your life.
2: I think if you took Giannis off the Bucks and praised him with Kobe, they ain't winning that title.
1: I disagree completely. I think uh, Kobe
2: might – he might very well lead the league in scoring for 10 years in a row. I don't think well, they're You're going to put hard him
1: hard. around Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Brooke Lopez? And you realize he won two championships with a lesser supporting cast, right? In what way? The, the Lakers in 0- 09 and, 0- 10, and, and 10 were a less of a supporting cast than what Giannis has in Milwaukee right now. Drew I mean, Holiday is the up, best hold hold point hold Well, let me yeah, finish. You, you away. He's I want to finish.
2: Than. Paul Gasol is better than all of them.
1: Oh, Paul Gasol might be better than all of them. Most of night, he is. Might be better than all of them. Here's the point. Here's the point. Drew Holiday is one of the best two way point guards in basketball. Chris Middleton's a sniper scorer that Kobe hasn't played with in his entire career, not one of them. And you have Brooke Lopez, who essentially just won defensive player of the year at center. You're telling me that wouldn't be a better team? That Kobe Bryant would take that team to the finals. Back to back to back, it wouldn't be close.
2: It sounds like that, and yet how could you know?
1: Talk about hold know? on,
2: hold how, on. I... It, it sounds good, but I don't see that. Hold like, on, like, Mo. Like, hold think on, about Mo. this. Let's go down the list. I love Drew, love Brooke. They just got washed by Jimmy Butler. So in I mean, any given season, it can play out. I hope you wouldn't let that happen. So he might not want to let it happen.
3: Hey Mo, Mo hold on. Let's put the clarity on this real quick. Shout out to my dude, Daniel. You guys know the last name. You know who he's related to. Daniel, we're talking about prime Kobe in this era. Would he be the best player in the game? My brother Mo is a wonderful dude. I love Mo. But right now, I've never seen Mo so far off. Like, this is the first time I've ever seen him so far off. He's talking about that he wouldn't even be better than
1: Giannis. Freddie, don't let me embarrass you, bro. Nah,
3: you, I wouldn't take, fam. Nah,
2: Freddie, don't let me embarrass you. you. I don't
1: want to argue. I don't want to argue against you. You're supposed to be on my side here. But if you scroll up in the comments, I just want to read you what Freddie said as soon as this conversation started. And I think that – I don't think he realized that this conversation would go here. You asked if Kobe Bryant would be the best player in this generation. He says, and I quote, he said, would he be he one says, of them he would says, adjust – he would have to adjust to the three-point line, so yeah. it sounds to me like you was agreeing with Mo until I got no. on here. Good job, Freddie.
3: Freddie, welcome to no. the team. No, I'm not. I'm not agreeing <laughs> with Mo. I'm saying that he would adjust. Have to adjust, which I believe he would adjust. Um, to the three-point line because in his era, the three-point line wasn't as efficient as it is as the game is today. That's true. But I believe 100%. Kobe. I believe Kobe have what it takes to adjust because. We've seen this dude's work ethic. Um, not denying but, that either. But what I'm saying is, is that you know he would definitely be top two. I mean, it's it's it that that's, that's what I'm
2: top down.
1: two. He's be number one. There's no you're talking about Jokic and Giannis or Freddie, and Kobe.
3: Ready, you're get, you're getting there. You're getting there. But <laughs> no, I'm I don't Giannis is like right now top three. He's not even top two right now.
1: I don't want to hear your top three. You're gonna ruin our argument,
2: Freddie. What's the top three, Freddie. Freddie, Freddie, Freddie? Give us the top three. Go ahead, go ahead, Freddie. do no, to ruin do our it.
1: argument. <laughs>
3: Nikola Jokic, Jokic has took and taken the number one best player in the game title. I mean, yes, that's right. hands down. Okay, hands down.
1: You He's say Giannis right. three. Who's two? <laughs>
3: I mean, hey! In Cold order to beat crazy. the king, in order to take the king's uh, throne, uh, you got to beat the king. Uh, uh, but
2: you know what? Let me, let me say something about this. I, I know Gene. I know me and you disagreed about what Kobe would be the best player. I, I, I. One thing I know for fact: he's going to be better than LeBron. He's yes. better than that
4: guy.
3: Are I you agree. sure though? Are we sure? I'm one hundred percent sure he's better than that guy. Because let's be honest, Mo. Even when Braun was in the league, I'm talking about the Miami days and up, he was better than Kobe then, bro. He like, yes, he was. He was yeah. better
1: than Kobe in, in Miami. I think. Well, maybe, started,
2: okay, so now you're talking about Kobe in 2012, 2013. Yeah, yeah. so I think 2011
1: 30. to I think 2011 is when the crown got passed I, from Kobe that, and
2: But you're talking about prime Kobe dropped in to this this league right now. I'm talking
1: about 06 Kobe. I'm talking about 08 Kobe, 09 Kobe. 06 to 09 Kobe, he's dropped in it, sir. He's the best player by far.
2: My my favorite Kobe is he wore number eight.
3: Love that guy. You didn't love 24?
2: Not as much as eight.
3: I mean, I loved eight too, you know, but I mean. I I just
2: that eight when you wanted to. He could blow by you and tomahawk on your whole... T- like, eight was special. 24 is special, but eight? eight was a monster.
3: I'm going to show you how crazy this is, bro. If you take two jerseys, they're both Hall of Fame careers. No doubt.
1: Okay. And then we're arguing this guy wouldn't be the greatest player. Come on. But I
3: just... this is Moe was the first Laker player that has... That don't show love towards Kobe. Like... I, I understand it.
2: love. he's realistic. I didn't say he's not. Hey, no, hey, no, hey, no. hey friend,
0: hey. Just, just like Jonathan said, he ain't no fanboy. Mo said he ain't no chili. Though. He ain't no like chili-boy no fan, fan fanboy. No, Coach,
3: I'm going to tell you what it is. I know I know what type of fan Mo is. I know what type All of fan right. he is. He's a magic type of guy. And see, magic fans, <laughs> they, they get offended by when people say Kobe's the best player that <laughs> brings to
1: well, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, real quick, Mo. Can I ask just just this is real off topic for me to you. It, can you do me a favor and rate your top four Lakers one through four?
2: My top four Lakers all time. Yeah, yeah of all time. Um, I probably go Magic, Kobe, Kareem, Shaq.
1: So you have Kareem below Kobe on the all time list or on the Laker list?
2: On the Laker list, not all time
1: All time players that played for the Lakers, and let's exclude LeBron. So I kind of want to hear what your top 10, like my nice way of asking where you have Kobe on your top 10 list, where you have Kareem on your top 10 list and where you have magic. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm gearing. As
2: a, as a, as a player, I've got all, time. got all time. I got Kareem in number three.
1: I've Kareem four. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: What do you have magic? Where do you have Kobe? Um,
2: I've got magic at four.
1: Okay. I have magic six and okay. I have Kobe I,
2: I've got Kobe at six.
1: Okay. That's fair. Yep.
2: Look, I, and, and just for the record, Freddie, I'm not saying LeBron's not a great player. I, it kills me when people go, no. LeBron. If I think LeBron is the one of the five greatest players of all time, I've disrespected him because I haven't called him number one. I think I'm giving him a lot of respect by saying he's a top five player all time.
1: Correct. I completely. I, I want to correct you on
3: something. That I might have clarified this wrong, which I probably did. LeBron is not on no top ten list for the all time Lakers.
1: Well, no, I, I agree. He's only been there for five years. Yo. <laughs> Wait. All right, Freddie, believe- get back to driving. Be careful driving, okay?
3: Yeah, kids, do not do what Uncle Freddie's doing right now.
1: I mean, I believe,
0: like I say, uh, you put Kobe – if you put the number eight Kobe in this area, I mean, the way the fouls have been called, you wouldn't be able to touch them. He oh. would get to the free throw line. He would get to the free throw line a lot. Uh, he will be able to do what he wants to. I believe he can average at least 30 in this era. I think
2: the interesting point about Kobe. No three
0: seconds that much. No three seconds. You can't sit in the paint all all day long and and keep him from going to the rim. It's hard to imagine that dude can't score 30 points in this era. It's hard to imagine that dude can't score You know
3: what, y'all? I'm going to extend an invitation real quick before I leave. And I think it's time that my schedule is opening up and this will be a show on Sundays. Me, Doug, Mo, and we'll That's find a fourth guy. I know where you, you go with that one? We'll find a fourth guy. I think it's time to bring Laker Talk. One, hey, hey, Freddy, I mentioned that. That's what I'm talking about, Fred. I where think you? it's time to bring it back. You know, so <laughs> I
1: was promised by keynote Laker Talk on the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, y'all. Hi, right, man. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was the funnest conversation we've had in a, a yeah, long time. No, I ain't going to lie. Y'all are very afraid pop up there. Yo, <laughs> Yo, put Doug's comment up there real right, quick. Put Doug's comment. I got you, got you. There we go. Magic might be the greatest Laker of all time. Hey, I have it. Kobe. Hey. I have Magic second. But let's not act like it's unbelievable to have Kobe ahead of Magic as all-time Laker list.
2: Oh, I think you can go like this to me.
1: Correct. I think they're – I have they're, no
2: problem I,
1: with that. I, listen, I'm going to say something that's going to make a lot of Lakers fans blood boil, but at peak for peak, Larry Bird was better than Magic. 100%. Peak for peak. Top of their game. Now, the, the reason Magic sometimes falls ahead of Larry on all-time lists is because Magic had a longer peak. Larry Bird's back start bothering him. But peak for peak, 84 through 86, Larry Bird was better than Magic Johnson. Better than the best Magic you've ever seen. No I doubt. On that, I
2: don't know if that makes my blood boil because I know how good Larry Bird was. So A lot, a lot of Lakers
1: fans don't like to admit a Celtic. That don't,
2: that don't drive me crazy.
1: All right, good. Yeah, Doug said Lord have mercy. Look, <laughs> not I'm not telling you. Listen, I'm <laughs> telling you. I watched a lot of 80s basketball. 90s. Magic's my
2: favorite player of all time, and that doesn't make my blood boil. So I'm just awesome.
1: saying. Yeah, so go ahead. You agree 84 through 86, Bird, was the peak of –
2: He was a monster. No, yeah, yeah, he was a monster.
1: That, that, But that team
0: that team was one of the greatest defenses. I mean, time, he right? had
2: some of the best defenders in the NBA hanging all over him, and he was eating them alive.
0: I mean, they had some of the – they had the best – probably the best defense at that time. That 84 Celtics and that uh, 86 Celtics, those are some of the greatest, along with Detroit, those are some of the greatest defenses of all time.
2: Right? That it's front crazy. line was amazing.
1: I'm yes. going to give you a cross-sport comparison of what I look at when I see – Bird and Magic, I swear to you. And I've had this conversation with people before, and you can use this with your friends. I don't know who you think a greater running back is, Walter Payton or Barry Sanders. Because when I look at – and you look at those two running backs, right? You look at the short prime of Barry Sanders, and I look at that as Larry Bird. And then you look at the longevity and the greatness of sweetness and what he was for the Chicago Bears, and that's Magic Johnson. Like, that's kind of how
2: I kind of like that comparison because I I would pick Walter Payton, but when you make that case the way you did about the very best version of each running back, I got no argument.
0: Hey, Fred, you can't do that show without my boy Jonathan either, man. You can't You got to hit up Jonathan. You can't do that show without my He's boy Jonathan. Bankers
1: fanboys only. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then I'm not welcome. Then I'm not welcome.
0: <laughs> so, uh, NFL is cracking down on gambling. Uh, with more suspensions this week. Uh, uh, Gene, what you think about that? These guys are
1: idiots. They're stupid. I don't know how else to put it. Like, Calvin Ridley was the was the scapegoat for everybody to see that you can't do this, right? And got a one-year suspension. All these dudes are betting football? They're betting college football and, and pro football? Are, are, are you out of your mind? You're good. Crack down on it. And by the way... You shouldn't be surprised that 21, 22, and 23-year-old kids are gambling on football when NFL's biggest sponsors are gambling programs, <clears throat> FanDuel and DraftKings and all these daily fantasy lineups. But these guys are professional. Like, guys, I I think it's a casino rule, right? If I work for the casino, I can't gamble at the casino. It's very simple. If you play in the NFL, you can't gamble in the NFL. You want to go play slots? You want to go play blackjack or roulette? That's fine. But as long as your contract – and it's it's smart that the NFL is breaking down on this and being so strong on it because you don't – you cannot upset the integrity of the game. You guys have already heard it. You guys all heard it, right? This game is fixed. The refs have this team, this, this, and that. You cannot allow – Folks to gamble and and get away with it. The, the punishment has to be strong. All right. So now after Freddie,
0: we have Big Time, aka Doug. Good morning, Doug. Good, good morning,
1: Big Time. How in
0: on us, man. How you doing today, uh, Mister Doug, Mister Big Time? How you doing today this morning?
4: If you would have asked me that, maybe about oh, <laughs> <10 minutes> ago, <laughs> I would have said. Good morning, and, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I heard something that uh, I heard a few things that it forced me to to come on, not for long, but just to show up just a little bit. First of all, in fairness, good morning, everybody. Uh,
1: just morning. one
4: of the rare times I can get on here. Uh, Big Mo and Coach and Gene, uh, y'all doing a great job. Um, until about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Here we go. Um, and I don't know if you're on your next topic, but once I heard something, I just said, okay. Um, it, let me, let me first say this real quick. Uh, when you're talking old, real Laker fans, and then when you're talking real old Celtic fans, the first thing need to be understood is there's going to be automatic bias. Automatic. You just cannot do it because rule number one, Lakers don't give Celtics no credit. That's number one. Number two, Celtics don't give the Lakers no credit whatsoever. However, I will give Gene credit 84 through 86, most of us were not born. Most of the viewers are not born. Unfortunately for us, we were there. My age group, we were there. 84 through 86, Larry Bird was the absolute truth. It's just well, no yeah. question about that. I agree with Jane 100%, 100% on that part. You cannot deny that. I mean, the main one, how many MVPs? I three think in a row. Three in a row. I mean, come on now. That's. You can't knock him at all. So I don't want I don't want this to be sound like I'm just knocking him by by no means. But Magic number one was not that type of player. But his impact on the game, to me, outweighed the greatness of Larry Bird. Now, I will say this, Gene. Magic shouldn't have had some help. <laughs> I mean, everybody that was on that star and fire just about in the Hall of Fame or close to it. Yep. Uh, Larry Bird, same way. But the impact of the game, uh, if, if Magic could, if I mean, I know we're talking scoring, but we all know Magic and Bird were two different players. But just me, Magic Johnson, uh, I think the word was what made me come on here and say he was better than Magic Johnson. 84 through 86 I I can't I can't say that I, I, I'm sorry I, I, I get it he was great he was MVP they won what 184. 84 and they won in 86 so that's 2 out of 3 years I think Magic won in 85 so it's 2 to 1 there that 3 year set if you just go on 84 through 86 I'll be fair Gene I'm with you okay if you just go on 84 through 86 I'm with you I give you that. He was talking Bird, about his peak, right? I, if just eighty four through eighty six, okay. Considering the talent level that was in the NBA, and this man won three MVPs in a row, we really can't say nothing right there. But overall, nah, got to be magic. It just ain't no question about it. It's got to be magic. That's all I'm saying. That I ain't gonna knock Bird at all. He's great. He was. One all of I said the was
1: peak for peak. I think at the top of Larry Bird's game, he was better than the top of Magic Johnson's game. I'm not saying that over a career, like in in my personal opinion, I think Magic's longevity from doing it, I think he was better before Bird and I think he was better after Bird. But I think like if we were doing it like a heart rate to a flat line, I think Larry Bird's peak at his highest form was better than Magic at his highest form. only
4: thing, only pushback that I would have for that, and I'm not, going against your take, And Mo, I believe you, and Coach, yeah, you know I mean? I'm talking to Savants here. So, I mean, I already know who I'm talking to. I, I think it's kind of hard to judge that. And the only reason why I'm saying that, because their games were so different that it's kind of unfair because Magic could score. He just didn't have to. But when it was time to, he did. Uh, so, I, I'm just saying, it was just Bird had to score. Bird had to score. I mean, it was just two different Game. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't mean to do it, but it's almost kind of like uh, LeBron. Mm-hmm. LeBron can score when he want to. I mean, he can put up thirty eight. I mean, easily. But that's not his game. It's just a matter of whenever you need it, whatever you need it. These type of guys, LeBron, the Magics, um, uh, uh, the, I will the uh, well Kawhi had to score. Paul George kind of uninjured Paul George these type of guys can do it all can score can rebound can assist and all that but when they have to just concentrate on one part of the game they can do it magic was like that but I'm not like I said I don't want to sound like I'm hating Larry Bird 84 through 86 you can't argue that
1: this dude was the truth but overall
4: it's got to be magic no question.
1: I mean, I think there was a huge argument in 87 through 89. Uh, 84 through 86, I don't think there is an argument. There is not an argument. 87 through 89, I think that they were very comparable. Magic's best year was 87 after, after, in my opinion, after the Celtics have won that second championship in 86. Magic came back with a vengeance. I mean, he averaged the most points in his career, and he still kept his assist numbers over 11. Uh, I think that when you're looking at, 87 to 89 there's a debate the problem is magic was was better before like it took bird a little bit of time to get there and then at the end of his career at the end of uh larry bird's career he was so hampered by that back after 80 88 89 bird was done he was right. complete.
2: I, w- I would say we're, we're kind of on the same page i think the breadth of his career and, and he's my favorite player magic was the better player but i'm not arguing about the peak i'm 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 there i'm i'm not debating that at all like you're talking about the two guys that literally saved the nba so you can throw accolades at both of them and yep. i got no argument with whatever you say
0: yep yep i mean in this magic johnson averaged 19 points 11 rebounds in his career that's his career numbers and 7 uh 11 assists and 7 rebounds so magic was of overlooked as an all-around type but the only thing that sets them apart, the man averaged 20 points. He can drop points when he wanted it to. I mean, he the reason why they call him Showtime is passing up the open floor and stuff like that. And he also was a good defender. Also was a very good defender at six at six foot nine. So hey, man, Magic was that dude. Larry Bird, they both came, they both had a rivalry since uh college when they was in Indiana State, ever since you know, uh Larry Bird was in Indiana State when he led them to the national championship. That's when he met Magic Johnson. They played on the same USA team as well. So that, that rivalry does go way back, way back. And don't forget, coach,
2: Larry yep. Bird made all NBA defense three times.
1: Yes, now, don't, yes. don't
2: sneak. Yes. Let Larry Bird play both ends of the floor. Don't sleep.
1: And he averaged for his career 25, 10, and six and a half. Yeah, like that's that's unbelievable. So I, I get I get both of them are absolute studs. Um, I think the thing, the big I, I, big time, I'm going to rile you up for a minute.
4: Maybe you can. Maybe
1: you can't. I can. I can. Kobe was better than Magic. Kobe was better than Magic. His, Basketball his better?
4: Basketball talent. Yes. Okay. Well, damn. I, I was expecting a fight. I was not. Basketball talent. Yes. But Kobe even in his greatness, God rest his soul, did not have the impact that Magic Johnson had on the Laker franchise, and that's that's, a, fair. that's fair. That's an all statement.
1: God damn, I hate
4: agreeing with you. I wanted, you to, argue. I
2: can't, wanted can't, to argue. I Next time, I'm with you 100.
4: First of all, can I pause, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's on here? Listen, you got you got some great guys on here. Y'all just watching and smiling and giggling and all that kind of stuff. Put these likes up. I need y'all to go ahead and press the likes to all this. If you like Coach, listen, if you just like Coach, press the like button. If you like Gene, if you like Mo, I know you like me. I'm electrified. (laughs) (laughs) Press the like button. I need to see the lights going right now. (laughs) I don't think nobody and I see y'all doing that. We appreciate that. Go ahead and push them likes if you like what we're talking about. Let me go back to this. Listen, no one no one will ever have the impact that magic johnson had on the los angeles lakers nobody and the closest guy that can come close to that is the guy you name and that's kobe and i believe that it is still such a gap there between those two that i don't think that uh and for that and for that gene that's why i say it Magic Johnson is the greatest Laker of all time. I guess I threw in the criteria of impact. If I just went basketball skill, then there's a gigantic gap between Kobe and Magic. I mean, Magic could not do none of the stuff that Kobe could do. There's no question about that. But as far as when you mix it you're, all You're talking together. about
1: the Lakers, and I'm talking about the greatest players of all time. And oh, I get it you're a So oh. I, I think I have Kobe fourth all time. Or fifth all-time on all my great greatest players of all time. I go Michael, LeBron, Wilt, Kareem, Kobe. That's my top five. And in order, and I've, I've had that Michael one, LeBron two, Wilt three, Kareem four, and Kobe five. That's my top five of all time. Where, where, where is Magic? Magic Johnson six. I just said that a little while ago. Okay, I,
2: and I, I don't think our lists are that different from each other. Maybe, yeah. maybe flip flop one. I got, I, one got one uh, one. I got
0: Magic at three behind uh, Jordan and Kobe. Behind Jordan and LeBron, man. I, I, I don't know.
4: I don't I don't <laughs> understand, and and maybe it's uh you know it's because of persona. I, I think that's mixed in it, but it's kind of hard for me to see how um, anybody. I get Michael and LeBron. I get that, but. I don't think that people give the proper credit to Kareem as yeah. much as they should. I mean, when you look at this dude's resume, who can match it? I mean, I'm wilt. sorry. Uh, I mean I, I, I get will, but you know, to do it consistently for all those years and, and all the MVPs I think he got six and then all defensive player. And I understand Wilt kind of on the same path, but I believe because Kareem, I'm, I'm serious, you know, the flashy players get all the, the you know, the highlights and get all the press. But Kareem kept his mouth closed. If Kareem was flashy, we would be talking about him possibly as probably number two uh, there. But when you add up his stuff, is it, you know, the more these guys keep coming up, Kareem, for some reason, keep going down and down, and it's almost kind of remind me of Tim Duncan. As great as Duncan was, the reason why we don't talk about Duncan so much is because he kept his mouth closed. If he had any kind of swag, any kind of flash to his game to mix with the game that he had, he would be way up there as well. Because it's kind of hard to 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 go against what these kind of dudes have done, but I don't understand how Kareem I, – I I I would put Kareem over Wilt, me.
2: I think myself. he's got the most complete basketball resume in, in the history of the game. History. history. When, you start, when, you, when you go high school, college, pro, I don't think even Wilt can match his basketball resume. He
4: can't. He can't. Uh, but, it, but both of them were dominant, no question. That's just my opinion. I, I got Kareem over – I would put Kareem over right. Wilt. That's my right.
1: I know that you guys don't want to give him credit in the 60s, But there's no one that did what Will did from 60 to 70. Nobody. 37.6, 38.4, 50.4, 44.8, 36.9, 34.7, 38.9, 30, 33.5, all while averaging 20 rebounds per game. He averaged through his career 30.1 with 23 rebounds. And the only argument, the only excuse I ever hear of why, well, he was doing it against plumbers and they were six foot five. Exactly. Okay, that's fine, but you can't debate what he did. Right? No. It's not his fault when he was born. What he did is never going to be touched in basketball history. No argument.
4: Well, well it is you hit the nail on the head because you 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 can't deny it. But you have to acknowledge. Oh,
1: acknowledge! That's why he's That's three. I'm
4: saying the era of what he played. I mean, he was playing against guys that work at Walmart. Come on now, I mean, he did play <laughs> against guys that work at your Jiffy Lube that change your oil. And, it's just, I mean, funny it's just when
1: people put Bill Russell over him. I think it's hilarious.
4: Well, Bill Russell is not even on the level to be honest. Correct. With he's playing with. Everybody in your starting lineup is a Hall of Famer. You, yep. you don't have to do nothing. Yep. But but um, I'm stack
2: squad ever.
4: Yeah. I mean yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understand what he did, but I, you know, it wasn't nobody there but Bill. That that's it. That's it. Nobody but Bill. So if you, once you got past Bill Russell, you playing against guys that, you know, work at
1: Kroger. So, yeah, just uh, true. I'll tell you what though he averaged 50 points a game versus Russell
4: well Russell that, that now we're talking okay
1: I I can't knock that we're talking about considerably
4: one of the greatest defenders of all time you got it he got his you know got his brains beat out so I get that but when you talk about everything else I mean come on he, he wasn't playing nobody but he was great though he was great he was great Got you, got you,
0: Doug. Got you, got you. Uh, <laughs> it was a great
2: conversation, guys.
0: I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, I was enjoying it. So, my uh, God, Doug, I want—I uh, know you don't got much time, but I want to get your uh, thoughts on on the gambling issue uh, about the NFL cracking down on players who was gambling. I want to get you before you leave. I want to get your thoughts on it.
4: My only thought is this: is that uh, unfortunately, when you're the first. You're going to be made an example out of. That's my that's my thought. Uh, I don't know all the details as far as, you know, how much they gambled, when they gambled, or how, you know, they gambled every week. I don't know all that. The NFL makes the rules. The guys know the rules. At the beginning of the year, the gambling issue obviously was already discussed. Guys did it anyway. They have to pay the price. And it is a steep price. And I think they're going to be gone for the year. That money is gone. And what it is, uh, debate, you know, some people have to be considered martyrs, uh, you know, to send a message. And that's what's going on. So uh, the guys get, to, you know, they, they got to be, it's, it's almost like, you know, this is another whole conversation. But I, you, if you, if you've been doing stuff when you were making a thousand dollars, and now, all of a sudden, you're making a million, but it's in your system to be doing things like this. You just made a fool, a bigger fool. That's 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 my thing. So these guys have to be made examples out, out of. I hate that, uh, and and they're gonna pay a price. That's
1: that's my. I, thing. I think that you're you're going a little bit too uh, far on the martyr and examples of. they, they got to protect the integrity of the game?
4: Yeah, I'm just saying they have to send a strong message.
1: I think a strong message is banning them from the league. Ban one person oh. from the league forever.
4: I don't think that's too much, but go. Hey, ahead.
1: Listen, I'm not that might be too much. That might be a martyr, but my point being is I they're like, oh, it's it's only these parlays, or I'm not betting on my team. Bro, you have inside information, you have tracking, you could affect the game. And if you're not be- what did Pete Rose do, right? He bet on his own team. He's banned from baseball forever. The integrity of the game sets precedent over any single thing that we're talking about. I agree.
2: Mo. Uh, not to make a long statement. I'll shorten it because I thought that big time and especially Gene covered it. When you throw in the integrity of the game and you put it up for question, that can't be allowed gambling on any, it, it's a non-starter. So to me, I, I'm glad that the 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 NFL is dropping the hammer. You you cannot give fans that fodder where they're like, "I told you this was rigged. He had inside information." No, you have to drop the hammer. So now I'm I'm on board with. I actually think somebody should get banned for life. That's extreme, but this is an, this is an extreme situation in my opinion.
0: y'all, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, this is what we get right here. Fun It's about the running back duels you will actually take. I'm gonna start with you first, big time. You got Brandon Jacobs, you got uh this is running back duels now. You got Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, you have Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown, you have Telvin Smith, uh, you have uh tel- tel- uh you have Telvin uh Devontae Freeman and tel- and telvin Campbell. I don't think his last name, uh Campbell, uh, but uh that those that uh Alana Falcons running back duel right there. You have Ward Dunn. You have uh Ward Dunn and Mike Oscott. You have D'Angelo Williams and you have uh Jonathan Stewart. And you have Fred Taylor, you have Maurice Jones Drew, you have Chris Johnson, and you have Lindell White. Who would you who are you taking?
4: Um. Uh, first of all, you gave me just two minutes now. I'm a little old. I can't remember all this stuff. That's the first thing. <laughs> uh but but. I did hear a duo that, that was just that I loved uh, watching. Uh, I don't mean to check, but I got to because you, you threw me at alley oop. So let me go on and put it in. First of all, Ricky Williams cannot be on this list. The man stays so high. If you handed the ball off to him, he might run the other way. That's how high he was. His brain wasn't, uh, you know, was working. So I leave that alone. Number, no, but, but the but the duo that I like the most give me Don and Allstott. Uh, I was gonna go with that. Don and Don Dunn was Don's game can work right now. This he was a little you know considering the running backs that we look at now, the ones that can pass catch and the one that can run between tackles and all that was perfect. That was the perfect thunder and lightning type duo. Mike Allstott was just one of my favorites, uh, without a doubt. Uh, really was not considered a fullback, even though he was listed as one. But he had tailback um, type of, um, you know, tailback t- tailback type tendencies. So give me Warwick Dunn and uh, Mike Allstock. Uh, gotcha. Uh, Gene, who are you taking?
1: I have a 3-2-1 for you. I have third place, second place, first. As soon as i see seen this list, i ranked them all. But I'll give you 3-2-1. Number three, I have Wark Dunn and Mike Allstott. Thunder and Lightning. Uh, Mike Allstott was I remember watching the fastest two minutes in sports and Chris Berman and the sound effects. But uh Wark done and Mike Allstott were number three. Number two for me is CJ2K and Lindell White. Y'all forget about Lindell White from USC. My oh, man bro, was he a was a bruiser. Oh my goodness gracious, bro. You yeah. had the fastest man in sports and you had a bruiser. Chris Johnson running that four two nine forty at the combine, and then Lindell White, who would pound it in there for the touchdown. It was like Chris Johnson would get you 60 yards down the field, and then you get in the goal line, and you have Lindell White to just smash it in. But the best combination of these running back duos is Jacksonville's. Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew. And the muscle hamster, not muscle hamster, sorry, Uh, but Maurice Jones-Drew and Fred Taylor as a whole, both of those two guys, were prime elite running backs. What are other combos? Wartham was a specialty back. Lindell White was a specialty back. Both Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew were both 1,000-yard rushers. Mo, who are you taking?
2: That was my pick, Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew and Fred Taylor. You got two guys that both went over 1,000 yards. Both were dominant every down backs. Uh, My favorite player of the two is probably Maurice Jones-Drew, man. The guy was – so compact, so powerful, but he had breakaway speed, too. Like, he was a bad man in his prime before those injuries cut his career mm-hmm. short. So that that's my pick, Jones, Drew, and Fred Taylor.
0: Yeah, uh, like I say, I, I love it. I like Jacksonville's uh, the best. I mean, Maurice Jones, Drew, coming over the middle was like a goddamn bowling ball. It was just like you hit him one time, you just bounce off of him. Then another guy try to come hit him. You bounce off him. That man was a monster breaking tackles. Then Fred Taylor, probably one of the most underrated running backs that's probably not in the Hall of Fame at this point. That dynamic duo right there, that was crazy. That was crazy. But I'm going go back to Gene one. Lindell White, if you haven't seen him at USC, the guy was uh, – uh, him and Reggie Bush, that probably was probably the most dominant dominant running duo in college. Dominant running duo in college. I mean, when it comes to short-order situation, you knew who's getting the ball. You knew who was actually getting the ball, but it was just like a, a track meet between those two guys. Those two guys were those two team guys were really good in college. That, that probably was probably the best running back duo i seen in college, Uh all of college. My years of watching college. So uh, uh, we got uh, a boxing topic coming up right here. Uh, we got which one is impressive, fifty and old Floyd Mayweather. Uh, you got. Julio Cesar Chavez, 107 and 6 with two draws. Big time. Who you taking? Which one was more impressive?
4: Floyd. Uh, once you look at breakdown Chavez record, you'll see that a lot of his fights especially whereas against, you know, guys that you know, worked at Taco Bell and worked. At- <laughs> I mean, I'm just. I'm, I mean, the- it was. Though. It's just the truth. I mean, yeah, was- but but a win is a win. So <laughs> he he did he did win. He's a he's a great world champion, no doubt about that. <laughs> not not a hall of fame fighter. He's some guys. A couple of those wins, uh, <laughs> you no know, wins. You know. If you watch the fight and the fight that he had with Pernell Whitaker, he lost it, uh, but he won.
2: He got um, worked.
4: Yeah, Idiot. yeah. You know he got robbed. Pernell got robbed that fight. Uh, so I, you know, that was the big, big fight of his. You know, at his real big fight that I remember him really starting out. Floyd, on the other hand, I mean, come on. I know everybody don't like him, but you couldn't just beat him. I mean. He, he, too smart, too quick. Uh, you know the argument some folks say: Well, he should have fought this person, this person that you know they should have fought Pacquiao four years before, or he should have fought uh, Canelo now and all that. Well, Canelo was riding high before Canelo he, like he,
0: a he beat him. Canelo, yeah, I mean
4: he, he yep. was a boy young. So he didn't mean, win a while. It, was, it, it was it was it was target practice. That's yeah. all. <laughs> I mean, but you know, but the man's resume says he doesn't beat so many world champions uh, so you can't deny him uh, he's undefeated and you know don't don't look at what he's doing now with the exhibition look at what he did before he became uh, 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 you know money Floyd look at him when he was pretty boy Floyd
1: pretty boy he, Floyd
4: he was knocking people around with ease he, he, he couldn't be touched you know it was shocking we were at the point when he got hit we were shocked like wow when the, you know, if you watch the Shane Moses fight, we say, "Whoa, Floyd got hit," and, yeah, but I mean that had rarely happened. Uh, he he beat people with his brain and his skill
1: set. So I got Floyd. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gene. I got Floyd also. Um, I just I pulled this up just when Big Time was talking, just to I went through Chavez uh, oh, it Chavez's box wreck just to make sure I wasn't missing anything. But uh I just want to go through this real quick for you guys. Conor McGregor, okay. Andre Berto, Manny Pacquiao, Marcus Madonna, Marcus Madonna, Canelo Alvarez, uh, Miguel Cotto, Victor Ortiz, Sugar Shane Mosley, Juan Manuel Marquez, Ricky Hatton, Oscar De La Hoya, Super Zab Judah, Art and the beating this man gave Arturo Gatti Ooh. he should have been arrested for yeah. that was one of the worst beatings if you want to watch a beating in the boxing ring something that should be borderline illegal go back and watch Mayweather or Gatti because i'm telling you right now i remember this fight like it was yesterday Bro, they I were even money it was an even money fight they were both minus 110 they, it was a pick'em fight. They didn't know who Pretty Boy Floyd was. He just was some guy that never got touched, and he got in the ring with Arturo Gotti, who had all those wards with Mickey Ward, and and beat the snot out of him. I mean, yeah. absolutely. I think that was a tail throw. If I'm not mistaken. Well, they stopped it
0: in. The, uh, they stopped it on the seventh that, round. That was in the fifth. by it was about in the sixth round because his ass was closed in the fifth round. Both of that dude's eyes were shut, literally in the fifth round, bro. It was like, it was like, it was like a goddamn. It was way beyond a mismatch. Floyd Mayweather should have been thrown in jail for, he should have been thrown in jail for that, bro. That was that was, that was really crazy, bro. That was an overall an overmatch mismatch. You know? It almost
1: looked oh. like he was fighting like a fourteen year old. Yes, like the guy like just there's no chance he was playing with him and toying with him. Uh, but at the end of the day to win all those major super fights and beat every single person that was in your way every single time. Yeah. It's it's Floyd Mayweather for me. Go ahead. uh, Mo.
2: So let's just go all Floyd. He is a boxing savant. I thought when I watched sweet P Whitaker, I never going to see another guy who could be that great. A defensive fighter. I thought sweet P Whitaker was as good as it would ever be. And then Floyd came along and, like Big Time said, it got to the point where we were shocked when somebody got a clean hit on Floyd Mayweather. He is the smartest fighter inside the ring and outside the ring. Oh, inside I, the ring. I, I am the biggest fan of the way <laughs> Floyd Mayweather thinks, how he promotes, how he controls everything. Floyd Mayweather is a boxing genius inside and outside the ring.
1: Inside. Inside. I can't give you outside the ring. The guy can't read a cat in a hat.
2: No, I'm not not talking about that. I'm I'm talking about how he controlled things with fights, when fights were set up, how he promoted, how he got the ring the size he wanted, the gloves the size he wanted. Floyd controls
1: everything. When you're the attraction, you control what's going to happen. I agree with that, Mo.
0: Yeah, but like I said, it's a clean sweep. Floyd Money Mayweather. I mean, you go back, you talking about with Doug, you can go on and on. You talking about fighters that just really was, uh, that he was calling out fighters. Like you go back when he, when he fought, uh, Diego Corrales, who was a knockout right. artist at that time. And he knocked him down six times when they stopped the fight and Diego Corrales didn't even want the fight started. I mean, Diego Corrales was just right. going through, through dudes left and right, but, the uh, he moved up, he fought, he fought, uh, DeMarcus Corley, who was not a slouch at fighting. He dominated him. Miguel Cotto was bigger than him and everybody fought Floyd thought was basically bigger than Floyd was actually. He fought Miguel Cotto. He beat Miguel Cotto. He beat Miguel Cotto. It was questions on that fight. Yes, he went, it was uh, a controversial fight with Victor Ortiz, but he was already, Victor Ortiz was getting his behind toe up even before that controversial knockdown. Uh, Marquez didn't even win around. round. Uh, Canelo didn't even win around when Floyd Mayweather was goddamn going into his forties. He beat, Canelo when he was 22 years old, when he was a young guy. Uh Zab Judah won the first three about the first two to three rounds, and Floyd Mayweather just put a put a whooping on him uh, for there. And he's also one of in the middle of the fight, he's also one of the best guys in adjusting to you quick and knowing 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 how. And he doesn't get tired. This dude is in shape. He wears guys down, he walks people, he walks people down. Uh go back to Luis uh Castillo. You can argue he lost the first fight. What he do? He come back. He made sure it wasn't no question in the second fight that he won. That was probably his toughest fight. Uh, you might fight outside of probably Dela Hoya was his toughest fight, if I'm being honest with you. I yeah, you can argue that, but I think Luis Castillo was outside of before that was his toughest fight. Cause you can argue Floyd actually lost the fight in the middle rounds. But uh yep, he did. Uh that was uh then the second toughest, like you said, Dela Hoya. That was a tough fight for him. Uh McDonald was a tough scrap for him because only he threw a lot of punches. And what he do the next next uh one, he just made it make sure it was no question after that. No question after that. So uh other than that, Manny Pacquiao. I think uh I think Floyd Mayweather would've still beat him, would've still would still beat him. I think he would have still beat him, even if they fought earlier. I think he would still beat him. And then you go back to Ricky Hatton. Ricky had Hatton Ricky Hatton was undefeated when Floyd Mayweather beat him. After I thought Floyd Mayweather beat him. Haddon was no more good. He was no more good after he
1: beat him, after that. You, the he thing moved. that most impressed me about Floyd Mayweather, and it, it, it's, you can talk about all his wins, and he won every fight, but you know, I'm from Philly, and yeah. it's not hard to run into Nassim Richardson. A lot, if you don't know who Nassim Richardson is, it's Bernard Hopkins' trainer that also trained Sugar Shane Mosley. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know uh, yeah. I know you do. I'm just telling the listeners at home. No, you could. You could. You could. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. You could run into him all over Philly. Man walks around Philadelphia Mills like that, like he has no problem. Walks around anywhere, any neighborhood, and you could talk to him. He'll stop and talk to you at any time. I was sure. I was sure that with Nassim Richardson training Shane Mosley, they were going to come up with the perfect game plan to beat Floyd Mayweather. And that second round when Shane Mosley stopped him, 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 him and got him like and knocked him down and, and put it, put his glove on the ground, it, I was going nuts and to watch this man make an adjustment in the ring and make Shane Mosey look like a a child for the next nine rounds it was so impressive to watch him come from getting absolutely caught to just destroying the man and uh it was tough for me to watch because I was rooting for Shane because I was rooting for Nassim but
0: yep I mean, it, it, it was it was it was it was kind of tough. After that second round, when he caught that shot, he was wobbled a little bit. Shane tried to jump on him, finish him off. Then the next, after that, coming out of the, off the stool, out that Floyd Mayweather didn't actually look back no more. But that Ricky Haddon fight, when they were uh, both undefeated, when they were both undefeated, and he knocked them down and knocked them out of the tenth round. Ricky Hatton was absolutely no more good after that. Next, he won a fight against Paulie Malignaggi after that, but then when he played, when he fought Manny Pacquiao. His career was pretty much done after he got chin knocked down and uh and put to sleep in the middle of the ring by uh Manny Pacquiao. But yeah, man, it'll, uh we have one more legit topic and it's an old school one, Doug. This is right up your alley right here. So uh, favorite uh boxer out of these guys, you had Sugar Ray Leonard, you had Marvin Hagler, Tommy Hearns, Alberto Durant. Now you had uh Sugar Ray uh Leonard uh beating Hagler, beating ha- Marvin Hagler. I think he beat all of these guys and Alberto Duran beat uh Sugar Ray Leonard the first the first time but the second time it was a no moss fight. Go ahead, Doug. give me a give me your favorites out of these.
4: Leonard that's my all-time uh favorite fighter in the first place. Uh Ray Ray was uh, you know, Ray was special. Not saying Hagler was not um uh, and Tommy and and Roberto Duran, these guys all of them were special. Uh but but Ray Ray just had that extra charisma, obviously. Uh, the fighting speak for itself, but he was a market draw. He was, uh, at the time, obviously, probably the second greatest uh, fighter, recognizable fighter behind Ali. Uh, doing that to even Ali, even in the 80s, even though he was done, he still had that that pull. Ray just took it to the next level, so I, I got to go with Ray. All
1: right. Gene? I think that uh, this is funny. Um, no Moss is a quitter, so I can't pick him. <laughs> Roberto Duran's a quitter. <laughs> I think Tommy Hearns and, and Hagler, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, were tougher than Sugar Ray Leonard. But I think Sugar Ray Leonard is by far my favorite of these four because he just found ways to do it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you back to a date real quick, and I'm sure Big Tom understands this date. Uh this was June 20th, 1980. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard lost his first fight to Roberto Duran in a unanimous decision. I want to read you the scorecard. 147, 148 to 147, 145 to 144, and 146 to 144. Mm-hmm. It's a 15-round fight. It is an absolute war. These fighters, they fight... Sugar Ray Leonard, and the next time they fight, Sugar Ray Leonard beats them, knocks them out, and they're never the same as they ever were. Mm-hmm. The guy lost the fight. Yeah. Came back, knocked him out the next fight. You know, you can go into the same thing with Tommy. Uh, Hitman Hearns. Uh, I, I I actually think, you know, if, if we're really being honest with ourselves, um, I think Hagler beat him. I think Tommy Tommy Hearns beat him in, in the split decision. But then he knocks him out. Roberto Duran knocks him out. These guys are all bigger, stronger, better knockout artists than Ray Leonard. Ray Leonard was the better boxer.
2: Mo? Uh, out, out of the group, my favorite is Marvin Hagler. I just – I got to see him become a champion uh, trial by fire. If anybody is a big fan of boxing and you go – but this is old school. Big time could appreciate this probably – He learned to be great when he fought Vito Adafirmo. They had two wars back-to-back. And I'm talking about these dudes was head-to-head, nose to nose, and it was just a war. There was no separation. And they just brawled. The most physical fights I've ever seen. And I I think that took Hagler to another level. After that, after those wars with Adafirmo, nobody was ready for him. You think about the big names that they set up to try to beat him uh, remember John the Beast Megami, the guy with the big shot, the big power. Hagler wrecked him. I mean, he just wrecked people. If you went toe to toe with him, you were going to get wrecked. So I give Sugar Ray all the credit. He was smart enough not to go toe to toe. He danced. He outboxed him, and he beat him. But if you fought, if you fought Marvin Hagler, you were going to lose. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. I, I got uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. I like. Uh, I like Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, sugar Ray Leonard uh, also he had problems with his eyes and he came out and fought was stable uh to keep uh to keep Marvin hagler at bay uh that's why I always like uh I know uh you know Marvin hagler was a knockout puncher but that's why I like the more bo- I like more boxers that seemed to give boxers seem to give uh knockout punchers uh more problems because the way he's being able to move Hit and get up out of there, and you know uh, the old thing with Floyd Mayweather do every time. Every time he's on the verge, M- Maddie Pacquiao will try to come on a storm. You know what he'll do? He'll tie him up to frustrate him. I kind—I like that. I kind of like that uh, game plan. But uh, I like—I like Sugar Ray Leonard. I like the Sugar Ray Leonard. I liked it. Uh, Hagler as well. I like the Tommy Hearns. Uh, I mean, I mean, damn the Marvin Hagler, damn they knocked Tommy Hearns' head off. Knocked, it, not not just knocked his head. Clean, clean off his shoulders. That well, was
2: he almost knocked the glycerin out his hair. He almost knocked the glycerin out of his hair.
0: But this is the uh, last one before we get up out of here, uh, big time. Who will win that fight, right though? Who, 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 you, who will win that fight?
4: You know, the thing that I think that's going to be the difference of that from Crawford and Spence is is something that we really, that a lot of people don't talk about. If you know boxing. One of the things that these guys do is have um, uh, they they do the weigh in, got to make the weight as soon as they get off their scale. Between between the time they get off the scale and the time they get in the ring, they can go eat whatever they want to. Yep, and usually when they eat, they usually put on some, probably you know between maybe 10 to 20 pounds when they get in the ring. they so bodies are so. I'm not going to say dehydrated. I'm just saying it, it, they haven't, they've been eating right. Now they can go get a little something to eat. And because of that, because Crawford yeah. is coming up, I think Spence is going to add, he's already bigger as it yeah. is. He's, big, he's bigger. He's way I'm, bigger than Crawford. He he, he's an incredible fighter. Both of them are. I think this really is, to me, uh, a matter of. A guy that's going to be way bigger, going to be able to control the ring and going to pound Pen, uh, Crawford, and I think Spence is going to take him out. Spence
0: is not – that's not his walking around weight. 147, that's not that dude walking, walking no, around He's weight.
4: almost a middleweight when he gets yeah. in. Uh, go ahead, Gene.
1: I think Crawford wins the fight. I think he's too fast. I think he'll be too fast for him coming up. I think that uh, you'll see the difference in weight classes when Crawford comes up to him. Um, I, I look at this fight like I looked at Manny Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya. Everyone thought Oscar De La Hoya was going to be too big for Manny Pacquiao when Manny Pacquiao came up, and Manny Pacquiao just outboxed him. I think that Crawford outboxes him. I, I know that they're both veterans, but I think Crawford's got a little bit more wiliness in him, and I think he's quicker, so I'm going to go with Crawford. Gotcha. Mo?
2: I think it comes down to Earl Spence's jab. If he can control the pace and control as Bud tries to come in, because Bud's going to come forward. But it's coming forward. The, the key is how well Earl Spence can control him with movement and that jab. If mm-hmm. Earl Spence's jab is sharp, he's going to win a decision.
1: Uh, can I make ahead. a comment? Or are you, get, what, get, what, no,
2: no, no, go ahead, Gene. Go ahead. Get it off.
1: Joe, it on. no, no. After you're done, Joe Tranquina, I really want to comment on that list. All right. Go ahead. Go
0: ahead. Go ahead.
1: I got you. Go ahead. get it Throw his uh, comment up. I love Mike Tyson. Go ahead. I love saying this on, on on TV. I love saying this on podcast. I love saying this to anybody that will listen. You are you love the most overrated fighter in the history of boxing. You want to talk about a guy that's not a top ten heavyweight? He is the most overrated boxer ever. And if you don't believe me, name three guys he beat. Don't worry, I'll wait. They all he, he beat up a. You want to talk about a guy that beat up a bunch of truck drivers and beat up a bunch of. Andrew Golota's three times like Mike Tyson is the most overrated boxer ever he beat a 50 year old Larry Holmes up and a bunch of truck drivers like stop it right are we being really serious when we say he's the number two heavyweight of all time people argue him or Ali like I don't I just question your acumen if you want to argue Tyson over Ali just don't tell me you don't like boxing I, I just that's what it doesn't make sense to me and I just love I love calling that out when I see it.
2: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it because I agree.
0: <laughs> All right. So um, I'm gonna go with Errol Spence because I think people underestimate Earl Spence's boxing ability, inability to box. Um, I think he carried the uh I think he carried the Mikey Garcia fight. I think he actually carried the Mikey Garcia fight. He didn't, he was on the verge of stopping him. In the 11th round, but I think he actually carried the fight because he wanted to prove that he can box. Uh, the man almost came off a car crash and beat the hell out of Danny Garcia and just beat the holy crap out of him. But Danny Garcia, I don't remember the last time he ever got beat like that. I don't, I don't remember the last time he got beat like that before. I don't think nobody's ever beaten him like beat him like he it. did.
1: Don't talk about
0: Danny Garcia. Oh my goodness, uh, God man.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't think nobody ever been Doug have you seen Danny Garcia get beat the way he got no. with Errol Spence
4: nobody's he never been like no he imposed his will and the only way and he just keep coming forward so you know if you've seen Spence fight over the years it's almost a carbon copy every time you see him you're going to have to put something on him yeah, keep him from coming forward and I just don't think you know every now and then uh, you know we just talked about Floyd and Sugar Ray Leonard you know these guys who their whole career they just kept moving up, up, up. Well, there were also a lot of world champions that tried to do the same thing, and they found out they're too small, and and they paid the price. I that's just me. Crawford is incredible. No, I love. Yeah,
1: him. I love. I, love him. Him. I just think what Spence. It, man,
4: I think. Man? I think Spence is gonna be uh, for real. Uh, a hundred and sixty-some odd pounds when he get in that ring. Compared to Crawford's, probably one, you know, fifty maybe somewhere in that area. I think that's going to be a huge uh, factor in the fight. That's just me. I got I, 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 both of them are great, but I, I think Spence is going to take them
0: out. And Spence is a hell of a body puncher too. That is oh, yeah. a hell of a body puncher. I think, like Mo said, if he pop him with that jab, keep him at bay, and go to the body and break and break uh, Terence Crawford down. And hey. Errol Spence is an all-around boxer. I know he's gonna come in in good, top-notch shape as well. But I think those body shots and our hard Errol Spence hits, once Crawford start feeling that and start backing up, I think splits is gonna win. Spence is gonna win this fight by unanimous decision. I'm not split. Spence winning this fight by unanimous decision. And Spence is a, actually a hundred. He, I think he can fight. He's that big of a boxer. He can fight anywhere from 160 pounds. Or 167 pounds. That's that dude walking around. Weight is at least at 160, as 167 at least. He's that. He's that bigger guy. That dude's that big. So uh, shout out to everybody that came through the morning show this morning. We had a stat. We had a great morning show. This was a hell of a morning show, man. It was fun talking boxing with Gene, big time. You know mode. talking basketball, man. This is one of them. This is probably probably the funnest show that I, that I probably had, that I had, bro, that I had, man. So other than that, man, Doug, tell the people they can follow you at, man.
4: Well, I got a lot of the family here right now. Uh, and usually when I come on, they usually know what I'm talking about. But it just shows my incredible versatility. Not to be braggadocious or anything. <laughs> I love big time. It is what it is. I am big time. But uh, sim- simply for those that are watching, uh, to make it real easy on you, Go to the Big Time Show on YouTube. Follow it there. Uh, then, of course, if you want to go to the Big Time Show on Facebook, you can do that as well as also. So those two shows, type in the Big Time Show. Uh, if you find uh, someone else who got my name, just find my face. Look at the videos. Then you know you're on the right one. I'm going to take care of that, too. My name is Big Time. I'm, I'm going to have to put somebody down. You got to pay to use my name. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate everybody. I enjoyed this one of the few times I got a chance to be free. Uh to come on here. And whenever I get a chance, uh, at least I don't show up here, I'll tune in for sure. Appreciate you guys. Uh
0: Jonathan tell Fred, put you on that uh Lakers uh one-on-one series. Uh but
1: uh Gene, I got Gene, tell the people they can follow you and tell the people what you got coming up, man. Shane Joe, I really appreciate your comments. I'm not saying that you can blame Tyson for the lack of talent in the heavyweight division. But every time he went up against a big time fighter, whether that be uh Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, every even Buster Douglas beat him. But you can't, you, you just can't put him in the top 10 of heavyweights, not top 10, let alone two. And I get it, you guys aren't the, who I'm talking about, but uh, um, beat the brakes off him. yo facts. Water Water <laughs> Sports Podcast Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Pre game and pigskin comes back later this month. That's Thursday night, 7, 7 p.m. to 8.15. Birds Deep starts at the end of this month, 6 p.m. to 6.50. Uh, Monday night, Cheap Seats Podcast. I heard there might be a new person coming on. I don't know. Uh, but and, and then anytime I get a chance to hop on the morning show, uh, me and Doug got some conversation to do. I really want to make this East meets West thing pop off, or East meets South, however we want to do it. But uh, cut it in half, Eagles, Cowboys, and just make a show out of it. But uh, I'm – I'm on Sports Empire Network for all of our shows. So I appreciate y'all having me on this morning.
0: Are uh, you good, man? Holy other than Field, you know, uh, he said it was domination now. Nah, Buster Douglas dominated him too. He was getting dominated. He was getting dominated. He wasn't. And then I think what another thing that hurt Tyson, he switched trainers. He got into that Don Keen shit and he started switching trainers. And I think that will that will kind of that will kind of kill them a little bit. But stayed, I should have he stayed he with Rooney. Yep, should have stayed with Kevin Rooney. Kevin Rooney didn't really actually play with him, but other than that, yeah, he was thoroughly dominated every fight. When he couldn't get a knockout, he would get dominated. He would actually get beat on. He would actually get whooped. But go ahead, Mo.
2: I'm here on Sports Empire Network, and I will be. I'm blessed to join Gene and the fellas on the Cheap Seats podcast, so I'm geeked, psyched to be with those guys. It's going to be a blast.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Y'all already know, man, no introduction for me. Y'all find me tomorrow during free agency uh, frenzy at 5 o'clock going over all the moves and stuff during free agency. Uh, chilling on here, you know, uh, explaining the moves and all that. Uh, but other than that, man, I ain't hard to find. Y'all find me on all over the place, all over YouTube, especially right here in my home, the Empire Sports Network. So, other than that, as for your boy, Coach Dante. Go
4: ahead. Go, ahead. Go ahead. We got folks on here. If you like this morning show, do us one more favor. It ain't gonna cost you nothing. Hit that like button real quick. Everybody, go one, two, three, go. Hit it now. Man. If, you
2: like,
4: <laughs> if you liked what you heard, hit that like button real quick. I, I need y'all, we need to support each other. There you go. Those that are watching, uh, I appreciate it. I'm seeing likes pop up everywhere, at least what I'm watching. So I need everybody that's watching this. To just hit the like button, you see what time we come on. Join the weather. Whoever's here is going to be informative. It's going to be uh, it's going to be great. Just go ahead and just if you don't look, join the Sports Empire page. How about that? That way you can see all of these people you see here and many more at one time. Just hit the Sports Empire Network page. Join it. I'm on there. Mo is on there. Gene is on there. Coach is on there. And, but when we come together, it's like the Avengers coming together. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just saying, it's electrifying. So make sure that you like the page number one. You're gonna fall in love with these guys. These guys are very knowledgeable. They know what they're talking about. That's why I'm here, um, with these guys. I'm done. Sports Empire Network. Look out! Here we go. And there
0: we go, y'all. Y'all got seen it. Y'all got it from the man, the myth Doug, Willis, Cowboy, now Marino, Man. We give him a round of applause, and we will see y'all in another one. Have a a good rest of your day, y'all.